You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. for joining us here at Grab Them by the Pod on this, our President's Day edition of the show. I am Kevin, along with Jesse, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So, Jess, what's on the docket? Before we get started, it's important to say, first of all, uh, our favorite presidents are both Roosevelt's. They just happen to be different Roosevelt's. But, you know, the fact that we like presidents with the same last names shows a bond that brings this podcast together. Certainly doesn't. You know, while I favor one Roosevelt over the other, I do appreciate the other Roosevelt as well. So there's common ground. We can meet in the middle. Definitely, definitely. I also want to just congratulate you, Kevin, on our one-year anniversary. Now, it's technically on Wednesday, recording this on a Tuesday, uh, but it's been a year since we put out our first episode. And we put that first episode out. I barely had a voice. I didn't know whether this podcast was going to stick around or go anywhere. And I think it's been a successful episode. In 48 episodes, which we averaged one a week, and a year isn't bad. So we had a couple of vacations, a couple of things going on during the during the year. But not a bad showing. Not at all. And, you know, I couldn't be more proud. I've had a grand old time doing this with you. And I look for many more episodes to come. Even more articles featuring us in the in the years to come. We can only hope. <laughs> Time Magazine, you know, The New Yorker, look out. <laughs> yeah. Today, today uh, America, tomorrow, the world. Well, uh, you know, I want to put some of that jovial, good-natured banter aside as we talk about something really serious we start off this podcast. And, of course, it's the uh, shooting that happened uh, last week in Florida. As everybody knows, uh, last Wednesday, Nicholas Cruz, who's a former student, went to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and uh, killed 17 people, both students and teachers, uh, using a gun. It was an AR-15, and uh, he was later apprehended, but the damage was done. And, and honestly, those children will never be the same again. And I, I put down a quote here that you know it had to do with 9/11, but it, it really just struck me. It was actually the first thing that came to my mind. It was uh, David Letterman's first show back after 9/11, and one of the things he said that if if you live to be a thousand years old, well, any of that makes sense. And really, every time I hear uh, that another shooting at a school has taken place. It, it's really just comes to my mind. I, I just can't understand. I can't even fathom how this stuff happens. And the answer is no. It will never make sense no matter how old we are and no matter how far away we get from it because it's preventable. There's so much that can be done. It just needs to be acted upon. And that's one of the things we'll be talking about as we as we move through this. What can be done? What should have been done? I mean, Kevin, you're a teacher. Your wife's a teacher. I mean, how real is this fear to you guys in your everyday life? Well, you know, as these are tending to become more and more regular and happening with more frequency, it, it does impact you in your job as a teacher. You know, we naturally, we practice um, lockdown drills, fire drills, these type of emergency drills throughout the year. Um, and, you know, you always have to keep in the back of your mind that at some point, the reason why we're practicing this is that at some point we may have to use this in real time. And, you know, in the days immediately following any one of these tragedies, be it Sandy Hook or, or Parkland, Florida, any of the numerous school shootings that have happened over the last 15, 20 years, you automatically, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a knee jerk that the next time an alarm goes off at your school, you're, you're questioning, is this real? You're, you're waiting for gunshots. You're waiting to make sure that you do take pause for a moment to think about, well, what will I do if this really is real? And the, th the idea that these thoughts went through people's heads at Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, uh, I can only imagine. 
And these kind of things really do hit home. Even if you go back to Sandy Hook, one of the teachers who died went to school with us. I don't think either of us really knew her. I think I may have been in one class with her, but I, you know, would, I never spoke to her. But just the fact that she was that close to us means that it can happen to anybody. And there are lots of people who went to school who did know her, and they, they actually ended up uh, putting a scholarship together for her, which was fantastic. But you know, these things uh, affect everybody. So what do we know about uh, the things that led up to this? So the uh, Broward Sheriff uh, deputies were called to the Cruz family house 39 times since 2010. So uh, whether it's this, this Nicholas himself or the family, there's something that wasn't right there, and that's a red flag right there. Um, also, you know, the shooter's former neighbor said that Cruz uh, would point BB guns and shoot it at homes and, and do target practice. Uh, if you look at his Instagram account, he would post things with rifles and firearms on his bed. What someone his age needs all those guns for, I'll never know. Uh, he legally purchased the firearm using that he used in the shooting at a gun store in Coral Springs, Florida. I, I don't understand why some of these guys, who can, they can buy guns before they can buy beer, and that just doesn't seem right. And I'm not a gun guy. I'm not pretending that I'm a gun, that I'm versed in gun policy or, or even you know mental mental health policy. But when I think about someone who's 19 being able to buy an AR-15, it just does not seem right to me. Well, that makes for a very good and plausible argument of why young adults at 18, 19, and 20 years old cannot buy alcohol legally in this country, but they can purchase semi-automatic assault rifles. That, that It doesn't seem to make sense because we know science and research has proven that the, the brain is not fully formed until well into the 20s. So why is this person at 19 years old wanting to buy an assault rifle? What is their plan of action? Why are they purchasing this gun? And as we see, sadly is the case, as oftentimes is with these mass shootings, all of the telltale signs of an unstable individual with access to an abundance of guns was available. And that just is a recipe for disaster. And you're right about when it comes to teenagers. I, I always go around and say that like high schoolers are idiots. It's not their fault. They just haven't learned enough yet. But I may have to dial that back a little bit. Uh, for all of the bad things we see when it comes to someone like Nicholas Cruz, I want to say I, I am so impressed with these students. I want to give them as much praise as humanly possible. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, like I just said, like to bust in this generation. Um, I'm not sure anybody I went to school with was like this poised, this well-spoken, and frankly, this brave to be able to handle the aftermath uh, as, as a lot of these students. I mean, I've seen a lot of these children do multiple interviews. They've sent out tweets. They've been calling out the president. They've been calling out members of Congress. They've been uh, going to lobby on behalf of these things. And the media yells at them for not getting involved beforehand, then yells at them for actually getting involved. I mean, I've seen some disgusting uh, things going around the Internet the last few days. They're, they're saying that some of these students aren't even really students, that they're crisis actors that go from place to place. Uh, somebody is saying that uh, one of the students who's been giving interviews, his father's a former retired FBI agent, so he's part of the plot. And these things have been like have been shared 100, 100 150,000 times on Facebook. And it just disgusts me. These people have been through an experience that we'll never, I mean, God willing, we'll never really understand. And uh, people should be praising them for everything, not not yelling at them. Well, and the difference here between this situation and the one at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, is that these are young people who are old enough to understand what was going on and are old enough to understand that they do have a voice and that they can act on that. And you're right, Jess, I, I'm impressed with these young people as well. And I work with this generation on a daily basis. And, and I, I can't always say that, you know, I, I think that uh, they're headed in the right direction, but 
certainly watching these people, these young people down in Parkland, Florida, it does give some hope to what seems like a hopeless situation. Um, so I, I'm interested to see where it goes from here and how much change they are going to be able to make. I know that there's a group from the school uh, and from across Florida that's going to be lobbying the Florida State Capitol in Tallahassee this week, uh, and then I'm sure it will be spreading on to Washington, D.C. as well. So uh, you know, I'm interested, and I, I'm going to be paying attention to this very closely. And a lot of people on the right now are really pushing, well, how are they affording to go to Washington, D.C.? How are they getting buses to go to the Capitol? And they're trying to push that groups that lean left are giving them money to do these things and not focusing on the issues itself. Uh, one of the main things that come out in the early hours and early days uh, after this happened was, you know, we don't want your thoughts and prayers when you're taking lots of money from the NRA. And a lot of people put uh, on, on Twitter, a lot of the members of the Senate and member of the House who take the most money from the NRA. Uh, I mean, one of the arguments that we see time and time again after a shooting is, is this for gun control laws? Is this mental health? And like I've said in the past, I'm not a gun expert. I'm not a mental health expert. And, you know, mental health probably does play a part in it. But you're not going to convince me that a civilian needs a weapon that looks like an AR-15. I mean, it looks like something that Rambo would run around shooting. They say it's, you know, modern modern gun to shoot and go hunting with. Uh, but I can't imagine they can't pick something else uh, that isn't you know, something you'd see in a video game as you're killing terrorists. Well, and, and you know, the idea that it's to be used for hunting, uh, most hunters I know don't want to obliterate the <laughs> yeah. target that they are hunting, especially if you're going to be using that, you know, the venison meat or something uh, that you'd like to use uh, the meat for later. You know, the AR-15, according to Time Magazine reports, six out of the 10 deadliest mass shootings over the last decade in the United States, an AR-15 has been used. So we're, we're seeing a pattern and a trend here, uh, a very sad and sickening trend that shows us there is a problem with this weapon. And I believe it was the AR-15 that was used at the worst mass shooting in Australian history. They then totally revamped their gun laws, and there hasn't been a shooting like this since. And, and that's something that probably should happen in this country, but you know, people will hang on to the Second Amendment and and won't let that happen. I mean, I'm again, I have nothing against hunting, but I think you, know, you want to be a little sporting, don't you? I mean, if you can have a gun like that and they can just you know, blow the brains out of the thing, you know, what's what's the fun in that? Uh, my main problem is if your first reaction after one of these horrible events happens is, oh no, they're coming for our guns, and not how can we prevent this from ever happening again? Well. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's that's not the right attitude to have. And I can't imagine anybody with a heart really having that that reaction. Right. And it kind of shows us where our heads are at as a country or at least a portion of our country that their instinct is to go and grab their guns because the government's coming to take them away. And that's never actually been the case. Right. Yeah. You know, they may be restricting certain types of guns, but that's for our own collective good. You know, no one's trying to take away the Second Amendment. The right to bear arms doesn't mean the right to bear whatever arms you want. Uh, it doesn't say you know, you're you are entitled to any kind of weapon or gun they come up with because, you know, it was written a long time ago. Uh, you know, I love the Declaration of Independence. I love the Constitution. I love the Bill of Rights. But these are the same documents that also, you know, were okay with slavery and, and had people worth, what was it, two-thirds of a person, three-fifths of a person? Three-fifths. Three-fifths yes. compromise. So, I mean, it, these things are imperfect documents, which is why they've been amended uh, throughout the years. So I, I don't hold any of this stuff as, as sacred text that can't, that can't be changed. So I don't know. If this stuff wasn't bad enough, Trump has just sent out 
a series of disgusting tweets, one that really bothered me more than any. He said, you know, very sad that the FBI missed all of the many signals sent out by the Florida school shooter. This is not acceptable. You know, I'm, I'm okay there. Uh, they are spending too much time trying to prove Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. There is no collusion. Get back to the basics and make us very proud. So Trump is trying to convince people that the Russian investigation is responsible for the shooting. Uh, I, I, I have no words. Well, that's not true. I always have words, but it blows my mind that he's trying to do that. And he got a lot of a lot of blowback on that. Yeah, you know, when everyone in the country is focused on victims and survivors and Trump is focused on himself, you know, it has to make us uh, take pause for a moment and think about, you know, hey, to those of you that voted for this man to put him in the position that he is, you know, you get what you pay for sometimes. And, and that's what we're seeing. He is he is who he is. And, and we should have seen this coming. But uh, we deserve better than that. And by the way, the FBI is a big organization. It's not like, oh, I had Joe working on the uh, the Russia case, but I'm going to put him now on the shooting case. Like, they have different areas that work with different different issues. It's it's ridiculous to even insinuate that. So, uh, if you look at the criticism that that. Trump has gotten over some of these comments. Uh, the most scathing reviews have come from the students who survived themselves. And I, I've heard some of these stories. I mean, I, well, I'm sitting here crying already. And one was a kid was hiding in his, in his, in a closet and t- texting his brother saying that you know he hasn't been a good enough brother and that he might never see him again. It's making me tear up right now. Um, but as 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 you see some of these things come through, they say you know, 17 of my classmates are gone. That's 17 future, 17 children, 17 friends stolen. But you're right. It always has to be about you. How silly of me to forget. Hashtag never again. My friends were brutally murdered, and you have to nerve to make this about Russia. I cannot believe this. Oh my God, 17 of my classmates and friends are gone, and have you have the audacity to make this about Russia? Have a damn heart. You can keep all of your fake and meaningless thoughts and prayers. I mean those are coming from people who were in this just a week ago. And uh, I mean, the words speak more than Trump's ever could. You know, in the words of Douglas High School student Emma Gonzalez, we call BS, right? And of course, that's made the rounds on on TV, Mm -hmm. news outlets and, and the internet. But she's absolutely right. You can say all these things all you want. You can offer these thoughts and prayers, but that doesn't That's not action. That doesn't actually change anything for the better. And if you are somebody who has survived such a tragic event like this, that is a slap in your face. So what's going to actually happen? Probably nothing. Who knows? Uh, At least today, uh, Trump directed the attorney general to propose changes that would uh, ban the bump fire stocks. Uh, Those were used famously recently in the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, They make it easier to fire rounds more quickly, basically turning a semi-automatic a weapon into an automatic. But again, you know, he he has said this should happen, but what would actually happen? I mean, Congress has to step up to the plate and do something, because if not, they're just really bowing down to what you'd call their NRA overlords. I and mean, the, the NRA lobbyists are the kind of lobbyists that make people like me when I was a lobbyist look bad, when people think they're horrible people, because they value having a gun more so than preventing another life from being taken. It's really just sad. And Jesse, you used to live around the corner from their headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia, and I used to shudder every time <laughs> I drive by it going to visit you. So, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm driving home on uh, Route 66. I saw it every day. I actually knew some people used to work there, but I mean, that's that's a story for another day. So from one depressing topic to another, uh, well, depressing that it's affecting our country. It's not depressing because something's actually getting done. Uh, Last Friday, special counsel Robert Mueller released a 37-page indictment, which is quite a page-turner, if I may add. uh, And it lays out how the Russian government tried to interfere in the 2016 election. There are 16 defendants. 
and includes three organizations and 13 individuals who are charged with conspiracy to defraud the U.S. by impairing enforcement of the election law, as well as wire fraud and bank fraud. Uh, it's it's beginning. <laughs> it's the start. It's happening. It's happening. Woo. Uh, I mean, they're saying this began as early as 2014. Uh, there were operations to interfere with everything, and it's it's really interesting to see what what comes of this, what comes next. They said by early to mid 2016, their operations included supporting presidential campaigns of Donald Trump and disparaging Hillary Clinton, and uh, defendants were conspiring to obstruct the lawful functions of the United States government through fraud and deceit. Uh, and that's not good. <laughs> for something we hold so sacred as elections, Kevin. Well, but wait a minute. Before we get ahead of ourselves here, the president previously called it a hoax. So, you know, this all just must be fake news, right? No, if you listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders today, he never said it was a hoax. He always said it was real. He just said that it didn't affect the election. I mean, again, they're trying to gaslight us into, into saying that he never said things. But guess what? It's all there on Twitter. We can all go and reference it. We've retweeted some of this stuff ourselves. You can lie to yourselves, but you can't lie to the American people. Uh, at least en enough of them are smart enough to be able to call them out on that nonsense. Some of us check our facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also said they engage in operations primarily intended to communicate derogatory information about Hillary Clinton and even other people who were against uh, uh, Trump, like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Uh, but they wanted to support people like Trump and even Bernie Sanders, basically just trying to get as many things going to, that, that would sow discontent or make things as, as difficult as possible going into the actual general election. And we saw that. We saw a lot of people who were upset uh, because Hillary got the nomination. We saw people obviously not happy with Trump. So they worked. It was successful. In other words, you know, anything to get the Russian puppet into the White House. And by the way, Trump just tweeted this out. Bad ratings CNN and MSNBC got scammed when they covered the anti-Trump Russia rally wall to wall. They probably knew it was fake news, but because it was a rally against me, they pushed hard anyways. Again, he's just trying to push anything that Russia is fake. Everything that's covered about Russia is fake. I'm the best. Yada, yada, yada. It's, it's really just sad. But specialists were instructed who worked for Russia to post content that, to criticize politics in the United States and do everything. I mean, here are some of the hashtags they used or, or some of the lines they used. Hashtag Hillary Clinton is not my president. Join our hashtag Hillary Clinton for president 2016. Donald wants to defeat terrorism. Hillary wants to sponsor it. Hillary Clinton doesn't deserve the black vote. Hillary Clinton has already committed voter fraud during the Democratic Iowa caucus. And this is the one that, you know, they're really going to get someone who can speak English better. Hillary is a Satan, and her crimes and lies have proved just how evil she is. She wouldn't be a Satan. She just would be Satan. Well, and this this just proves, you know, the, the dropping education level and, and critical thinking level of the American public that they couldn't pick this out. Because so many Americans don't read anymore, they don't have good grammar, and they didn't know that this was grammatically incorrect to even question it. Hillary is a Satan. Sounds like an American to me. Good old red stare. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But you know, with with a million dollars and a whole bunch of people, Russia was able to just sow enough discord in this country to elect Trump. Um, again, it helped they were stirring up the Bernie pot. You, you, you were uh, you were feeling the burn. Does, does that bother you at all? <laughs> oh, well, no, I think my my reasoning for supporting Bernie Sanders was very, you know, had nothing to do with any kind of Russian involvement through fake Facebook posts. But um, I can see how this would cause a problem. I can see exactly what they were getting at. Right. The two yeah. extremes 
let's get them to go against each other and butt heads and and sow discord. And they succeeded to an extent. And honestly, some of the most damaging things they did was probably related to Jill Stein. They had some fake Instagram accounts posting, choose peace and vote for Jill Stein. Trust me, it's not a wasted vote. Well, guess what? Yeah, it was a wasted vote. I don't want to deter third-party candidates, but at least at the presidential level, it's a wasted vote. They're not going to win. And if you look at all the votes that went for Stein in like places like Michigan, I think there were like 40,000, and she lost by like 10,000 or something like that. It, it Obviously, those votes for Stein would have gone to Clinton. It's just at least a majority of them would have. She would have won Michigan. So yeah, they they knew what they were doing, and again, they were very successful at it. Yeah, had people you know thought critically, used common sense, and hey, maybe even studied history – you know, look at Ralph Nader in 2000. Yeah. They would have known better than to do that. You know, if you're listening to our podcast, I assume you probably already know this, but just to people who may not be familiar, if you're voting for a third-party candidate and say that third-party candidate is to the left of center, you're hurting the more mainstream Democrat candidate. If they're more right of center, like, say, Ross Perot, you're hurting the more right candidate, the more conservative candidate. So you're just hurting the candidate you would prefer out of the main two. So just don't vote. For, I mean, I would say it's okay to vote if it's you know a done deal. But if this past election showed us anything, there's no such thing as a done deal. No, in the way our country currently stands, the political partisanship, you know, I doubt we'll have these types of blowout elections anymore. They're going to come down to the wire because we are uh, so divided on this. So your vote does matter, and you should probably vote for the more mainstream candidate if you really want to see, you know, some change or you really want to see something happen in your favor. And, and back to Trump. If So he says, OK, Russia did do it. Even if they didn't affect the outcome of the election, they tried to. That's the very you know least you could tell Donald Trump. Why aren't you in, uh, putting these sanctions against Russia? We, we say this time and time again. Uh, you know, the Congress overwhelmingly, almost, almost unanimously voted for these sanctions against Russia, yet he hasn't done it yet. So Huckabee Sanders is saying that that Trump has been tougher against Russia than Obama was in eight years. Well, then show us. Put your money where your mouth is and put these sanctions against Russia. And show Putin that at least you have some kind of spine. Yeah, we, we could hope. Don't so, see it happening. No. So are, are we thinking this is just the first domino to drop? Is this uh, investigation far from over? Fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, every time we get these little uh, bits of, of hope here, then things slow down and, and we have to wait. And I get people asking me questions like, well, when's it going to happen? It's taking too long. You know, I remind them that Watergate, from Watergate until President Nixon's resignation was two years. So we're only one year in. We've, we've got another year to go uh, where all this could catch up to the president. So we shall see. It's a generational thing. We get the internet now. We want things now. Amazon delivers in two days. We don't want to wait years for stuff. We want instant gratification. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's better to think things through. Yeah. Well, if, I think it was Saturday night. Trump went on, and I guess into Sunday morning, Trump went on a Twitter storm. It was pretty crazy. And I actually woke up. I wasn't ready to get out of bed yet, but I woke up, looked at my phone, and took a screen capture because I was convinced he was going to delete it even though he didn't. He tweeted out that Russia is laughing their asses off at us. And the president tweeted out asses. I mean, it sounds so stupid because you, know, you, you can see that on TV nowadays, no big deal. But the president just being that crude to the American people, I mean, this is something that just a year and a half ago, we would never have expected it. We couldn't see it happening. And now it's just a, a regular occurrence. Well, we know he's not presidential. I mean, heck, his, his main mode of communication to the American people is through Twitter. Yeah. 
Well, that's how he gets around the fake news media. He can talk directly to the people, don't you know? Mm, so. Yes, with his rude and crass commentary. Well, Kevin, I guess the only thing we can do right now is just wait and see what Mueller does next. There's been uh, some interesting developments going on, and uh, I guess we'll see what becomes of it in the coming days, months, and maybe even years. As always, on the edge of our seats. <laughs> Kevin, before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about today's sponsor, Ecosia. Ecosia is an awesome alternative to Google. Everybody should be using. You should be using it. I should be using it. I am using it. It's an ethical way to browse the internet. Now, what does that mean? Ecosia invests their profit to plant trees and regenerate deforested lands all around the world. How cool is that? Now, here's how it works. You search the web with Ecosia. Search ads generate revenue. At least 80% of their surplus income goes to planting trees. Literally, all you have to do is what you're already doing. Search the internet. Over 20 million trees have already been planted, and with your help, Ecosia can reach 1 billion by 2020. Ecosia has created a special URL so that our listeners can plant trees together. Go to ecosia.co backslash pod. That's E-C-O-S-I-A dot C-O slash P-O-D. You're going to search the internet anyways. Why not plant a tree while you're at it? Well, the next thing we're going to get to, Kevin, is the DACA votes that have been going on over the last week. We've been talking about DACA on this podcast for a long, long time. And on Thursday, the Senate voted on four separate DACA bills. And guess what? They all failed. Is that a surprise? Yeah, it's important to remember that it's what's at stake here is for real people. They are more than just figures. They're more than just the immigrants that we've kind of demonized. Um, or, or certain members of the government have demonized. These are real people who are living amongst us in our country that are paying into our economy, that are productive members of our society, and that there is real consequences at stake for them here. The real consequences that I'm not sure a lot of people in Congress actually care about, which is really sad. So we're going to go over the four bills really quickly to just let you know what the options were and what happened. Uh, the first was a Coons-McCain bill. Unfortunately, John McCain wasn't even there. Um, he's still recovering from uh, you know, the cancer treatment he's been going through. Uh, that provided a pathway to citizenship for 1.8 million undocumented immigrants who came to this country as children. It offered no money for the Trump border wall, although it did increase uh, border security by, by some. It failed 52 to 47, with Democrats almost all in favor and Republicans almost all against it. Uh, the next one was the Toomey Amendment, which basically criticizes sanctuary cities, uh, wants to withhold federal funding from them. That failed 54 to 45. Uh, the one that should have passed was the third one. That's the Common Sense Caucus, and that's the large bipartisan group led by Susan Collins, who's a Republican that had a lot of bipartisan support. Um, that would provide citizenship for 1.8 million undocumented immigrants, would give $25 billion for border security, would prevent DACA recipients from sponsoring their parents for legal status, and that failed 54 to 45. Democrats almost unanimously backed the plan, and eight Republicans backed it. Uh, and then the final one was the Grassley bill, which is a.k.a. the Trump bill, and this did the worst out of any of them. Uh, it's basically everything Trump wants and more. Uh, it provided a path of citizenship for 1.8 million undocumented uh, immigrants, offered $25 billion to fund the, the wall, substantially cut family immigration, and eliminated the diversity visa lottery program. That failed 39 to 60, not even close. Um, Democrats opposed the bill, joined uh, by a lot of other notable Republicans. So they, they, they just can't get a compromise going, can they? No, and on top of all this, the DACA stuff doesn't 
do anything to address the other immigrants with temporary protected status from countries like Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador, and Haiti. The president suggested that this protection should end as well as DACA, and these are people who are here because their home countries are struggling to recover from disaster or war, and it's a humanitarian measure. Undoing these programs should be seen as inhumane. So we need to get something passed. And there is good common sense, as, as the caucus is named. There's common sense legislation out there, but the president is taking his ball and going home simply because he's not getting his way. I mean, lots of Puerto Rico is still having a lot of trouble recovering from uh, the hurricanes. And you think the president cares anything about the countries that, you, you know what he calls these countries, and we won't repeat it on here. Unfortunately, he just he just doesn't care about them. So. What did we learn from this whole thing? So a bill without any funding for Trump's border wall is a non-starter for Republicans, which is ridiculous because, again, the the border funding and DACA, it's two different things, two different issues. Uh, the common sense plan failed because Trump threatened to veto it. I mean, he basically said it's it's ridiculous, it's not good, and that killed it before it was even voted on, and that was the only bill that had any realistic chance of passing. Um, Trump's plan can't pass the Senate either, so n- nothing can pass. We're at an impasse right now, and like you said, it's the, it's the people people affected by DACA, it's the people who need our help who are getting hurt in the process. Right. These are real lives. Once again, I cannot stress that enough. I mean, these are people that you know, you may not realize who they are, but they're living amongst us and they are good people that are doing good things for our communities and our society at large. So we've got to do something. We owe that to them and we owe it to ourselves. You know, in the words of Ronald Reagan, if we're that shining beacon on a hill, this democracy in the world that everybody else looks up to, then we can't afford to let ourselves down in that way. And and you know who wants to help these people more than any other politician that's spoken out from the right? President George W. Bush. He is the one coming out saying these people deserve to stay here. He, he had the highest approval rating by a Republican, uh, by Hispanics, by far. And the fact that you have the last... Republican president speaking out in direct opposition to what the president and the Republican Congress want. It's very telling how things have changed in just nine years. It has, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. The person who comes out smelling like roses and all of this is George W. Bush. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, you know, they made a joke about it on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago, but people who would love to have George W. Bush back, even the people who, you know, were calling him a traitor eight years ago because Donald Trump is just that, that much worse. Um, and by the way, during this whole process, the most insane thing happened. Uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security released an insane statement that if you look at – I mean the Homeland Security has only been around for, for a few years. But if you look at past statements, I, I can't believe uh, it would come out. They wrote, the Schumer-Rounds-Collins – and by the way, Rounds and Collins are both Republicans, so they're freaking out of their own party. The Schumer-Rounds-Collins proposal destroys the ability of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security to remove millions of illegal immigrants – or illegal aliens, they say not immigrants. That's me cleaning it up without even meaning to. Uh, it would be the end of the immigration enforcement in America and only serve to draw millions more illegal aliens with no ways to remove them. I mean, come on. It's, they're like, if you pass this bill, it's the end of the world. Come down there. Yeah, I, I hardly believe so. Yeah, and, and Trump, who, I mean, again, he's trying to, to sneak one past us and, and gaslight us, said, can't believe how badly DACA recipients have been treated by Democrats. Totally abandoned. Republicans are working hard. What? <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, I mean, there are some things you, know, you can you can try to say, you know, Republicans are helping you with tax cuts where Democrats won't. And, you know, that's up for debate or whatever. But when it comes to them like DACA, no, it's very obvious the Democrats are the ones that are fighting for them. And the Republicans are just pushing for their border wall. 
Yeah, it's it's laughable because if you can't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, really. There's there's so much going on in this in this world today that again you laugh or you say don't cry. And let's just remember what he said back when this whole started. Uh, you know, if they come to me with things I'm not in love with, I'm gonna do it because I respect them. That didn't last long. And that's what's going to happen again with, with gun control, I think. He'll say, he'll sign whatever, and then, no, the NRA will get in their ear and he won't do it. So, whatevs. Well, before we go on uh, to Kevin's Corner, there's a few, a few odds and ends I want to talk about. Uh, you know, one Oprah was on 60 Minutes on Sunday night, and she interviewed 14 Michigan voters who had voted for Trump, and she had met with them previously last fall, and just kind of checking back in with them again. This caused Trump to tweet out, just watch a very insecure Oprah Winfrey, who at one point I knew very well interview a panel of people on 60 Minutes. The questions were biased and slanted, the facts incorrect. Hope Oprah runs so she can be exposed and defeated like all of the others. Now, I'm no Oprah fan, Kevin, but if I was going to call her anything, uh, it would never be insecure. No, not at all. I mean, she's probably one of the least insecure people in this country, if not the world over. I mean, she, uh, you get a car, you get a car, eh, she acts like a lunatic on her show and people love it. It's it's part of her charm, I guess. People are really just saying that Trump is projecting. He's the one that's insecure and, and nervous about Oprah and he's uh, putting it out there, but it's just so stupid. Like, why even comment on it at all? I don't, I don't get it. You know, biased questions, slanted questions, incorrect facts. It sounds an awful lot like a Fox News broadcast. Of course. Well, that's state-run media today. Um, Trump also kind of went after H.R. Uh, McMaster. Uh, he was speaking at a conference in Germany over the weekend. And well, he's the national security advisor, if you don't know. Um, he had said uh, that it was beyond beyond dispute that Russia affected our elections, or they tried to interfere with our elections. And Trump, at 11.22 on a Saturday night, when most people, if, if you're in your 20s, are out drinking, if you're like my age, you're in bed watching TV, uh, he tweeted out, General McMaster forgot to say that the results of the 2016 election were not impacted or changed by the Russians, and the only collusion was between Russia and Crooked H, which there's no proof of that whatsoever, uh, the DNC and the Dems. Remember the dirty dossier, uranium, speech emails the Podesta company come on Trump come on he is delusional and childlike he's putting a disclaimer on his own uh, national security advisor yeah, well, today uh, Sarah Sanders came out and said that oh no, Trump was very happy with what he said he just wanted to add an addendum what well, didn't sound like that when he tweeted out it sounded like he was pissed that he didn't you know, speak on Trump's behalf and in the Trump fashion I don't know and the last thing I want to bring up just very quickly is uh, Mitt Romney has announced he's running for uh, Senate. Uh, yesterday, Trump uh, said he supports him, and Mitt said, thank you, and I hope I have the support of the people of Utah. You know, um, Mitt is one of the other people who kind of came out smelling like roses in this whole thing. People are like, oh, you know, Mitt Romney for president wouldn't have been so bad now that you see Trump. Uh, but the fact that he basically called Trump a fraud like a year ago, and now he's kind of taking his, his support – uh, I don't know how that sits with me. Not very well. Yeah, you know, this idea of, you know, anybody else for president, you know, Romney, Bush, it kind of sets a low bar that we have now. Um, yeah, to me, Mitt Romney, we know that he's a moderate Republican for, you know. I, was, I voted for Romney. I'll say that. He was the, <laughs> the, the governor of Massachusetts, one of the most liberal states in the union. So he has to be. But. To me, I look at this as, is this potential carpetbagging? He hasn't spent much of his life in Utah. He has roots there, his family, obviously, uh, from there. But can any famous Mormon just show up and run for office in that state and win? Well, you know, Hillary was a senator from New York. 
So. Right. I, I agree. I mean, I see that as carpet bagging as well. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, we even had Scott Scott Brown. He, he was senator from Massachusetts and he ran in New Hampshire, too, just just over the border. Stones throw away. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, as, as long as there's been politics, there's going to be carpet bagging. Uh, and, and it's so silly. I mean, I guess Romney was kind of you know, what was he going to say? And, uh, you know, they, I was reading today saying, well, now Trump can take uh, credit for Romney's win, even though it's Mitt Romney in Utah and he was going to win anyways. But now Trump will say, oh, yeah, my he wasn't doing so good. It didn't look good. But then I supported him and now it's great. This, Trump said that, you know, Mitt would have gotten on his knees and begged him for his support previously, which, uh, you know, gives uncomfortable visuals at least to uh, me. I don't see yeah I don't see that and and I certainly see this as Trump <laughs> trying to get on the good side of most likely the next senator from Utah who could tip the balance in the Senate against Donald Trump because we know that Romney is no fan you know but it's one of the things I've been reading is that yeah Romney's been very critical of Trump and he'll get elected and he'll just be a rank and file in a Republican and won't stand up to Trump. I hope it's not the case. I mean, I understand that you know, Tr- Trump does have a lot of Republican or pushes some Republican values. And that Republicans, I have no problem if they vote with him, even if I disagree with it. It's when he does things that are unconscionable or just ridiculous and they don't stand up to him. That's when it really upsets me. And I hope uh, Romney, if and probably when he's elected, he does that. I mean, we've seen Orrin Hatch, uh, his predecessor, really just pucker up and kiss Trump on the butt and say how lucky we are to have a president like Trump, which is you know, ridiculous. I, I used to work on a committee with him, but, you know, what are you going to do? All right, Ken, what do you have for Kevin's Corner this week? Well, Jess, as we've said before, America has a problem when it comes to guns. Whether the day-to-day statistics in our inner cities or the mass shootings that have become all too commonplace in the last several years, we cannot shake the deadly scourge of guns. The argument has been made that our problem is not with guns, rather with mental health, and that it is the unstable people who use guns to commit murder. However, the problem is that the people in positions of power lack the courage to make laws in the best interest of all Americans, not just those of a special interest. There are members of our Congress that have actively worked to increase access to guns while simultaneously seeking to limit access to affordable health care, including for mental health. While some politicians are offering hollow thoughts and prayers and criticizing others for wanting to politicize such a tragedy, it is promising to see the young people who will forever live the traumatic experience in Parkland, Florida, stepping up to take ownership of the change we so desperately need. The tide is turning. Representatives don't last forever, and the era of complacency and bowing down to big money is about to change. As always, right on point, Kevin. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for, again, doing this podcast with me for the last year. There's no one I would rather do this podcast with, and I'm excited what the future may hold. We're on to year number two. Woohoo! Uh, first is the worst, second is the best. I don't know, maybe that's how the, the president's uh, you know work will do as well. We can only hope. <laughs> well, I'm not, so, I'm not so sure that's a good thing. That means we're on to no, year number two of a Trump presidency uh, as well. But bum, bum. Yeah, as we've always said, we look forward to the day this podcast ends because it means there's just not enough going on in the world of politics to have a podcast every week. You know, things are slow. Things are normal. But... This is not normal. <laughs> this is not normal. That is correct. All right. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Make sure to go to our webpage at grabthembythepod.com. You can see all the links to all of our social media accounts, see our beautiful, handsome faces, and you can even send us a, an email if you so desire. So until next time, Kev, it's been fun. Later. Later.